Welcome to the Nest Egg Podcast. I'm Lori, Lori Zager, and I'm here with my partner, Lisa, and we are 2X Wealth Group. We are part of Ingalls & Snyder, an independent registered investment advisor. Today, our topic is scintillating. It is Medicare. You know, usually I think our blogs are really easy to read. I think in this particular case, a podcast might be easier. And I want to call out that my first boyfriend in high school, uh, who's an attorney in Atlanta, is the one who encouraged me to write this. In fact, said that it was necessary. And Scott, I'm still mad at you for making me do it. It was onerous. Oh my God, Lori spent so much time researching and talking to various professionals and looking at various websites. And um, I have to say, if I had a dollar for every time she told me how much work it was, I could have taken myself out to dinner in San Francisco. (laughs) And you know what that costs these days. And Scott, I'm just going to give you a shout out too. This is a ton of work for me and I'm not your friend. <laughs> Although I think you were right and it was uh, it's a great thing to do and it's really nice to have all this information in one place. And uh, we hope that it's helpful for you as well. Even though we're trying to make it a little more user-friendly in this podcast, we would highly recommend that if you're at the point where you're thinking about uh, Medicare and signing up and making choices please look at the blog because there's a lot of specifics we won't cover today. And in addition to that, medicare.gov has amazing resources. It's just even longer than our blog is. (laughs) Yeah, you might try the blog first. Exactly. And the other thing which we would encourage you to do, and we know a couple of people, is there are professionals who specialize in Medicare plans. And it really is helpful to talk to them um, because you can avoid a lot of pitfalls if you reach out and talk to them. Right. So one of the things that we say is, you know, there's an expression, uh, what you don't know can't hurt you. And one thing that Lori and I will say quite definitively is what you don't know about signing up for Medicare and how to make transitions between plans and Medicare can definitely hurt you. So it does behoove you to learn about it, uh, even if it feels a little bit painful. So the magic number is 65. When you're 65, you need to think about Medicare. Basically, you want to enroll in Medicare at age 65. Well, you want to you want to enroll at least and think about it. Let you, me put it that right. way. Right. Well, you want to you need you you actually have a very specific enrollment period, which is three months before you turn sixty five until three months after you turn sixty five. And if you are employed, it's possible that you don't have to enroll in Medicare, but that requires uh, really a conversation with your employer. You do your work up front around the time that you're 65. And the very, very strong reason for that is if you don't sign up during that initial enrollment period, and this particularly applies to people who aren't employed and aren't enrolled in another health care plan, you will be very likely to pay more for the rest of your life. And you also may have more limited coverage options. So that's why being educated is incredibly important. Okay, so just to talk about um, sort of a a big picture overview of how Medicare works, 
there are a bunch of different parts and they all do slightly different things. And I think sometimes people get a little bit lost in the weeds because they don't have that overall big picture approach. So we're going to try and offer that to you by saying that original Medicare, which is called Part A and Part B, is the part of Medicare that's provided by the government. And I always laugh when I think about that woman who was holding up a sign when Obamacare was being debated that said, get the government out of my Medicare. And I was thinking, well, then exactly who's going to be paying your bills? Because the way Medicare works is Part A and Part B is basically paying for hospitals and doctors, and the government pays 80% of whatever the Medicare-approved amount is for the service that you get, and you, the consumer, pay the remaining 20%. And that 20% is considered a coinsurance amount. It's not a copay. It's literally just a fraction. It's a 20% payment for every single service that you use. So that process means your bills can add up really quickly if you consume a lot of health care. And that's why there are other programs that are associated with Medicare. Now, these other programs aren't government programs. They're actually private insurance company programs, and they are layered on top of what Medicare does. The interesting thing is all of these other programs, they can only use doctors who participate in Medicare, and that's about 80% of the doctors in the U.S. So you're never going to be able to really get outside that group of doctors without having to pay the cost yourself. In terms of the private insurance plans that you layer on top of what the government provides, you kind of have two options, either a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medigap plan, a Medicare supplemental plan that you usually add prescription drug Part D coverage to as well. Right. And that's because Medicare, original Medicare, which is paid for by the government, does not include prescription drugs. So you've got to figure out how to get that paid for as well. And Medicare Advantage plans usually do cover drugs, but not always. So sometimes it's necessary to get a Medicare Advantage plan with prescription drug coverage. But we are going to, for the exercise of this podcast, we're going to talk about Medicare Advantage Part C, as it's called, which assumes that Part D is included, prescription drug is included. And a really good example of that in California and also in some other parts of the country is Kaiser. Kaiser is a Part C Medicare Advantage plan, and it does include uh, drug coverage. You know, the most important thing that you need to know about Medicare Part C coverage is that most of the time you do not get to go to a specialist until unless you have a referral. And so that is a really big difference between Medicare Advantage Part C and Medigap, which Lori is going to talk about next. So Medigap basically fills in the gaps of original um, Medicare. So that means that it's going to help you pay for those coinsurance payments. It might have a lower deductible. Uh, It might have some limits on how much you pay over the course of a year. There are no limits on Medicare. You know, that's original Medicare. There's no limits on uh, how much you pay when you have original Medicare. So that's another reason people like to look to these insurance companies for additional coverage. 
when you're trying to pick your original plan while saying, oh, do I do a part C, which generally the out-of-pocket costs are, initial out-of-pocket costs are cheaper than if you use a Medigap plan plus a prescription drug uh, benefit. The problem is with a Medicare supplemental plan, even though it may cost a little bit more, you can go to your own doctors as long as they take Medicare. And you cannot do that on Medicare Advantage. Um, They have to be in the network. And how do the costs compare between doing a Medicare Advantage plan and a combination of a Medigap plan and prescription drug plan? What does that look like? The the costs are higher for a Medicare supplemental plan and a drug plan. But in terms of the overall costs, it really depends. Because if you, um, depending on what drugs you take and um, where they are on a formulary or how often you use services, it could be cheaper or it could be more expensive. It really just depends on the plan. It really does. I get the impression that a Medicare Part C is going to save you money if you're a high user of, of healthcare. Not necessarily, because if you take a lot of drugs that aren't on their formulary, it can really add up that are still patented. Right, I was so, talking about services, but the drug issue the drug is a issue separate is issue. The drug issue is a really big right. issue, and, um, and that's where you can get into trouble. Because when I looked at this for a friend of mine, that's where he got in trouble, actually. Well, um, with, medic- with prescription with this, drug Prescription costs. drugs, because they, they were on patent. What the um, Part C plan was willing to do um, was very limited. So his out-of-pocket costs were going to be quite high for drugs. This is the thing that we really would recommend throughout is that you have to think about yourself and what you think your likely um, healthcare consumption issues are. Are you going to be buying a lot of services? Do you think you're going to need to go to the hospital? Do you have non-standard drugs. So so when you're making these decisions, it, it, we're trying to give you a broad brush understanding of the different plans, but your decision is going to be very much about you and your own health care and which plan matches up best with you know your own concerns. The, the way that you sign up at the very beginning matters because if you sign up for Medigap, during the initial enrollment period, then there is no medical underwriting. As soon as you've missed your original enrollment period, or if you were um, in a decided to change, or or if you were in a employer plan and you hadn't signed up during that little uh, period, that's a special enrollment plan. You can also sign up without underwriting. But once you've missed those little windows. You basically are in a situation where the the insurance companies do medical underwriting. So they check your past history. They check your current health. They can deny you coverage. They can charge more for your coverage. And so, um, so if you want, if you like the idea of Medicap and you think you're going to uh, want to be able to choose um, have more choice around your doctors and more ability to go see specialists, uh, it's far better to start out with that kind of plan than to wait and switch later. Any standardized Medigap policy is guaranteed renewable even if health problems arise as long as you continue to pay the premium. If you're on a Medigap plan and you pay the premium, it's guaranteed renewable even if you have health problems. 
If you're 65 and you are currently employed or your spouse is currently employed and you are part of your spouse's healthcare plan, you may not have to sign up for Medicare. You will need to talk to the plan you're covered by and find out what they require. They may require you to sign up for Medicare because Medicare is going to be the first to pay and they will pick up the the employer plan will pick up after that. And if you have uh, less than 20 employees, that's usually the way it works, that Medicare pays initially and then the employer health care plan pays. There's a reason to not sign up for Medicare if your employer does not require you to and to wait until after you're no longer employed or no longer covered by that employee employer healthcare plan. And that is if you have a high deductible plan and can contribute to a health savings account, you will not be allowed to do that once you sign up for Medicare. So again, that's a very specific circumstance. Um, but again, it's why we recommend that you talk to your employer uh, or your husband or wife's employer if you're covered by their plan. Right. And so uh, then what happens later? So if eventually you're not working for the employer or your spouse whose plan you're on isn't working for his employer, you at some point are going to need to sign up for it, for Medicare when that plan coverage ends. And so there is a special enrollment period, which is very detailed in terms of its conditions, that allows you to sign up for uh, Medicare just the way other people do when they're 65, where you won't have any penalties um, just because you're older. All right, let's talk about prescription drug plans. There are things to know, such as how much uh, is the deductible. Not all drugs have deductible. Not all plans have a deductible phase. So during the deductible phase, you pay 100% of the prescription drug costs. And as you go through the year and you get to these various coverage phases, the dollar amounts change. And there's something that people have probably heard of called the donut hole, which means that while you're covered until about 4660 in expenses, between 4660 and 7400 you, there's a donut hole. <laughs> and you pay 25% of the cost of all drug tiers until you spend 7400 And then you pay no more than 5% of the cost of the covered drugs for the rest of the year. The medications you take and how frequently you take them is important. Are they on the plan's formulary, which is the official list of drugs in the plan? And where do they fit on that list? What tier are they in within that formulary? So what do the tiers look like? Well, they will pay different amounts for different drugs. Part D plans categorize drugs into different tiers. Basically, the tiers are a classification system that put the drugs into different buckets from less expensive to most expensive. And your out-of-pocket cost is higher or lower depending on what tier your drug is in. Where you fill your prescriptions is a, an issue. A, a lot of pharmacies have special deals with different Medicare Part D plans. So if it's important to you to use CVS, then you want to be on a plan that gives you better benefits or lower cost, I should say, if you use CVS. If it doesn't matter, okay, then that's great. 
it's kind of funny with Part A, most people qualify for Part A for free because that is the hospital coverage. And if you've worked for 10 years, um, you generally get it. Some people don't qualify for Part A, and those are the people who get uh, into trouble with a penalty. Because if you don't sign up on time, your monthly premium can go up 10%, and you'll have that penalty for twice the number of years that you didn't sign up when you should have. Um, but that's really the lowest, you know, that's the least of your problems in terms of signing up late. And for Part B, which is your you know, doctor coverage, the late enrollment penalty is an extra 10% for each year you could have signed up but didn't. And that penalty lasts for as long as you have Medicare. Um, the other thing that you should know with Part B is the premium associated with Part B is somewhat dependent on your income. So everybody has to pay somewhat of a premium and if you make more money, your premium number is higher. Now, Lori will say Part D enrollment penalties are the worst. Because you pay an extra 1% for each month if you didn't join a Medicare drug plant when you first got Medicare and you go 63 days or more without, they call it creditable drug coverage, which means at least as good as what a plan would have offered, as I understand it. Yeah, at least as good as the Medicare prescription D plan. So that's 12% a year. And you also may pay um, a higher premium depending on your income, just like Part B. How do you get started? Mm-hmm. For your 65th birthday, happy birthday. So you either need to enroll in Part A and B, or you need to contact your employer or your spouse's employer and ask them if they require you to enroll. Right, and if you don't have uh, an employer for you or your spouse uh, where you're participating in a plan, then you also need to look into uh, either a Medicare Part C insurance plan, which is provided by private insurance, or a combination of a Medicare supplemental plan and a Part D prescription plan. Uh, because those need to be signed up for at the same time. And if picking your doctors is important, a Medicare supplemental plan or Medigap plan is perhaps the best options. And again, you want to ask your doctors if they take Medicare. You want to know where you get your prescription filled. You want to have a list of all the drugs you take and see where they fit in the tiers on the various formularies of the Part D plans. And as we said before, it's really good idea to talk to an independent Medicare insurance agent. They're very knowledgeable and they have all kinds of computer programs. So you can just give them the list of your doctors, the list of, of your drugs, and they'll, you know, throw them into their um, software and they can tell you, give you a printout of which plans make sense. For right. You. And that's a lot simpler than you going through every plan that's available to you. So, you know, we've tried to do a bunch of research and put a lot of information together on our blog for you. And we hope you've learned something in the podcast as well. But, you know, the next step for you is to do your own research to figure out what the best plan is for you. Um, it's not a simple and straightforward process, but um, there is help out there. And if you find it confusing, it is totally worth getting. 
help. <laughs> I can give you a couple of names of two people that I've talked to that work in various parts of the country um, that were both very knowledgeable and um, I think uh, would be very helpful. So if you haven't found someone yourself and need help, please feel free to reach out. And if you want to check out our website and see the blog, which has this all in writing and has even more detail than we talked about today, please go to 2xwealth.ingles.net. All for now. Hopefully we haven't put you to sleep. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you.